You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Gracious Father, uh, speak your word and uh, let it go forth and not return to you void. Your word of, uh, of freedom, of rest, of, uh, of, of, of good news, something that's new and good for each of us. So speak your word of, uh, uh, of power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, close the door. Um, finishing up a short series this morning, um, six weeks, started Rally Day. Um, uh, getting to the heart, uh, try to wrap up some things today. The heart, the heart being the core of who we are, the you of you, the me of me, um, the seat of of not just our emotions, but our uh, our our primal, the seat of our primal. Let's just, let's just coin a word here. Um, uh, the seat of the deepest things. Uh, about us, our hopes, our fears of all the years and we'll add it into it. Um, the hopes, dreams, fears, um, our shame, our sadness, our loneliness, our joy, our freedom, our sense of abandonment, um, positively and negatively, um, being abandoned of all hope, all ye who enter here, that's core, but also being abandoned to, uh, to return and give thanks without any compunction or uh, sense of self whatsoever, a gospel forgetfulness. Um, somebody coined that. I don't remember who it was. Uh, all this would be sort of the heart, um, where in Ashley Knowles, I love that we repeat this a lot, I try to, um, description of a you know, big fancy phrase, a Christian anthropology, which just means that as Christians, as believers, with repentant eyes, where we come to our senses, and we'll look at that again, uh, that we make sense of what it means to be a human being, anthropos, anthropology. What is it to me? What is it to be, you know, alive and breathing uh, in both worlds? In the world of the groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God, but also uh, you are forgiven and you are free. And uh, take heart, for the world has been overcome by the one who there made an oblation satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and also for yours <laughs> and for mine. Um, what does it mean to be a human in that sense? Uh, what the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. So there's the center, the heart, the seat, the primal, the first the deepest, the baseline, the uh, the ground of being, all those ways that we might say that. Um, get there to the heart so that those of us with hearty remembrance, um, so that our heart is remembered as we remember our heart, uh, we can then begin to go up the ladder with the heart loves. Um, and so if it's changed from a love of self to a love of God, the will chooses. So now you got to serve somebody, as, as Bob Dylan always tells us. Uh, so it's, you know, who are you serving? Your father the devil, your father um, who art in heaven. Uh, those are Jesus' words, not mine. Um, uh, what the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. And so we're renewed uh, through our minds in Romans 12, 1, um, where there's this sense of now I think 
clearly. I sense things clearly. I'm able to call a thing what it is. If I'm trapped in a heart of flesh where I'm bent in on myself, I don't see the world as it is. I don't think straight. I don't sense straight. I don't feel straight. Um, but in, a, in the gospel forgetfulness, um, uh, that freedom is also a freedom to my, of mind. Um, what the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. Um, so, didn't mean to go there necessarily, but that's sort of the big picture. Why are we going to the heart? Um, getting to the heart. Well, we've been using Luke as our jumping off point to go back and forth. Um, uh, looking at the left-handed, the, 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 the works of God's left hand um, versus the works of God's right hand. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that this morning. But the works of God's right hand, uh, the works of God's right hand, his right-handed power, is uh, are works that are obvious. Um, they're works that are common to all of us. It's the steamroller coming right at us, even if it's two miles an hour. You know where this is going to end. You know how this, where this is going. Um, it's it's uh, it's perceived by all. Um, it's quid pro quo. It's this for that. You know that when you plug it in, you're going to get it. Um, uh, there's no surprise. Um, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. The rod uh, spared uh, results in a spoiled child. Um, these are all right-handed powers. Uh, common understanding, common sense. The works of God's left hand, uncommon sense. Um, uh, things aren't always what they seem. Um, uh, you will look and you will try to say there and it's not there. You will look and you will say, um, well, then there, and it's not there. We're going to read that. Um, God works in those hidden ways. Uh, seen most especially, of course, Exhibit A, always Exhibit A in the cross. Um, to be a theologian of the cross is to call a thing what it is, to, be a, to, to, to see things through the lens of the cross, is to see the works of God's, the works of God's left hand. Uh, where all is not always what it seems, and yet God is. To let God be God, to be released and free, the heart loves, the will chooses, the mind justifies. To let God be God is to see that when it seems, when we, sent, when we seem to sense his absence, he's present. When we seem to sense weakness or defeat, there is strength and victory where most especially in this festival of death that Luke has been sort of putting in front of us, uh, where there seems to be death, there is in fact life, the cross. But other places too, um, beginning to look ahead to Advent, um, I think it's this week that we're going to start hearing Christmas carols, is that right? So, <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the incarnation. Um, what is power? Well, in Jesus' time, you'd have a Roman legion of soldiers walking beneath a Roman arch, and you would tremble because anybody that could pull together men like that to do one single thing, because it wasn't like it is today, which is still impressive even today, but a Roman legion walking beneath an arch, which was, was phenomenal to be able to sort of coordinate that kind of, of, a, of mastery, of labor and skill to create the things that were created. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive today. It was even more impressive then. Uh, that would be power. And yet, it says, and the sign show, that, that this shall be the sign for you, that the salvation has come to all people. <coughs> you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger in a feeding trough. 
Um, and more than that, it'll be in uh, Bethlehem, uh, from Nazareth, um, a backwater, uh, a nowhere girl, 15, 14, 16-year-old, something like that. Just layer upon layer upon layer of a left-handed power that makes no sense. You shall not find power in uh, the Oval Office or the Corner Office or behind the bench. You shall find power in a manger um, with a wet, just still wet baby. That's the sign for you. Um, Or the ragtags, which are the disciples. Um, uh, Go out and get the people that are going to change the world. Okay, tap, tap, tap. You who are fishing, come and follow me. And they left their nets and their father Zebedee and they came. These sons of thunder who argued and bickered and still, even after seeing Jesus transfigured on the mountain, said, hey, I want to be the greatest. Can I sit at your right hand? You know, my mom says it's a good idea, too. Um, Just you wouldn't imagine. Peter, of all things, you are the Christ. And then two verses later, uh, surely that can't be, Lord. I'm not going to let him kill you, put nails in your hands and and on your feet. That's not going to be the way salvation comes to the world. Get behind me, Satan. You know, is he the rock upon which this church is built, <laughs> or is he is he is he is he from the pits of hell itself? Um, and there's the word of yes, <laughs> both. Uh, this ragtag left hand of God, which brings power in the places that we would not expect it. Not only we would least expect it, because there would be some basis for expectation <laughs> where we would not expect it. Every part of who we are would look at that and say, not there. Not there. There is no way. It's not even a one in a million chance. So you say, hey God, no, there is no chance. There is no chance. And the gospel says, there. There is where power is being meted in creation. So the left hand and the right hand of God, as God saves, raises, delivers, redeems, and justifies, he saves the lost and the impotent, and he redeems the slaves and the, uh, the imprisoned. And he justifies the wicked and the ungodly and those who are his enemies who are yet in the midst of sin, caught red-handed in the middle of the act. He says, you are the one that I love. It just, it's, it's, not, it's not a remote chance. It is an upside-down economy. Um, we can't say that enough. Um, everything is backwards. So... That's been getting to the heart. That's how we're trying to get to the heart. That's why I keep trying to pull that string tight. Um, so hopefully it, it translates somewhere in your life. Um, uh, life lived in the courtroom. Our life lived in the hospital room. Um, somewhere where life is on its edge. Uh, that you might say, well, if, if that's true, if some part of that might be true, then maybe by the grace of God, maybe, perhaps, 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 by the grace of God, I might utter with the centurion um, or, or the ruler, um, Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Um, and, and we're going to look at that in terms of God, the way he uses little and least and lost and death itself. Um, so that's the string that I'm trying to pull. Um, somebody wrote about Flannery O'Connor's work, just to say one more piece. Uh, the physical world in, Connor's, in O'Connor's unique vision, uh, even at its seediest and ugliest, is a place where grace still does its work. In fact, it is exactly the place where grace does its work. 
Truth tells itself here, no matter how loud it has to shout. In the brief pause, um, I should have mentioned this earlier, I'm really excited about a class that starts in this room next week. Jim Palmer, an adventer who teaches um, uh, at Altamont and has for many years. Um, he's a... a, a, a well, he's, he's a lot of things, but I know him especially as a short story, a Flannery O'Connor and other stories, Afexionado. He did this several years ago, and he's going to reprise it with some new material starting a short series next week, um, looking at a story by J.D. Salinger, just one week, and then four weeks on Flannery O'Connor. I'm very excited about that. It's going to be a good class. It'll be a really good class. So um, if you're interested in that sort of thing or know somebody who is, come. It'll be good. So end of advertisement. Um, any thoughts there? On a, I want to get to the text today and really work it more than I have in the past. Any thoughts about the series, about you know works of God's left hand? It's not just a remote chance. The places where in our fleshly eyes, um, in a worldly sense, and I mean that as us and not the others, we would say it, it can't be here. In the amount of pain that I'm feeling right now, it, it can't be here. In the amount of, of being overwhelmed, and drawn six feet under. He can't be here. He's not present. There is no way he's working here now. And the left hand of God wants to say, yes, I'm going to do my proper work now of, uh, of salvation and justification uh, and save those who are lost and dead and, and, uh, and redeem you who have no hope um, in your solitary confinement and bring life from this corpse. Um, he's going to have a very stark word there as he, uh, as he which I want to get to the, to the text. But any thoughts there? You know, I think about that colic um, and uh, it says that uh, God chiefly shows his power in and you would think he'd say, you know, big signs, miraculous, wonderful mm. things. Mm. It's in showing mercy. Mm. And that, when I heard that years ago, I, it just it just stabbed me. Like mm. that's no, that's not how God shows that's his right. power. Yeah. He shows his power by healing. He shows his power by you know my definition. Yeah. But it, it, it's in he he shows his power. That call it says chiefly in showing mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Brief excursus. Um, one of the edges that I've enjoyed writing, so to speak, uh, the last few years is a distinction between the um, God as he exists within himself, the absolute God, uh, where who upholds the universe you know, with his little finger, and you know, God who Job meets at the end of, of, of his letter. Where, where were you when I made the, the sea monster in the Leviathan? You know, who is my counselor? He just puts Job in his place for like two and a half verses. God, as we meet in Himself, is not a God you want to meet. Um, you know, it, it, absolutely not. To, to, to behold His glory and to see His face, I hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory. No, um, that's not the way the story goes. Um, you would not be happy if you beheld God in His glory. We would the, truly the infinite cannot be contained in the finite. <laughs> Gone. You know, we're just no more. Um, so that's God as he exists in himself. But God as he preaches himself, the preached God. This is Luther and his bondage of the will, primarily other places too. Um, the revealed God. God as he condescends and wraps himself 
in flesh. Um, as John Donne would say, infinity cloistered in thy, Mary, in thy dear womb, uh, who comes in the backwater of a teenager and then lives to die. Um, the preached and revealed God, whose property is always to have mercy. Now, that's a God that we can not only approach, but we can come to as he comes to us. Uh, and there, right there, thank you, Carrie, um, is, is the power of that word um, where he comes to us and shows his power, not by simply you know, blowing us up, um, Remember that pigeon when Randy Johnson threw that baseball? For those of y'all who are baseball fans, um, you know, met the glory of Randy Johnson's 100 mile, 101 mile an hour fastball, and he couldn't handle it. The pigeon couldn't handle it. Um, but by yeah, here you go. Um, but by mercy, he uh, says, "Here it is. Here I am. Behold me." Um, that was really for Josh. So I used to coach Josh. But, um, well, if you have a Bible, there's some over there if you want to grab one or on your phone. We're in Luke 17, starting at verse 5. Um, I want to work through this a little bit. Um, and the back, back water to this, the back, um, the, the verse beneath all this, as we get to the heart, um, one of the words that we use to describe getting to the heart is the word repentance. So the verb is repent, and the noun is repentance. Um, repent and believe they that would have repentance, the condition of, of being repented, all those ways. Uh, Paul gives us a way to think about it here. Um, from 1 Timothy 2, 25 and 26. I stumbled over this a couple of weeks ago. At this time I wrote it down. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses. So that's how I think, in fact, repentance is to be thought of. Rather than thinking of a, the way we normally do. That repentance is, when we hear the word repent and believe, that's right. The work of the law is going to make me realize I'm such a sluggard. I'm so bad. Oh, tomorrow I'm going to really try. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to repent all day long and I'm going to get my life right with God. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do and I just, He's telling me to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to repent and believe. Uh, and even use him as my co-pilot or put him in my pilot seat, whatever the variations are, I'm going to do it tomorrow, um, and it doesn't work. So there's another way. If we don't repent, but we are repented, we're in the passive receptive position, um, that maybe Paul has that in mind when he says, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. So grant them, as he repents them, and lets them see the way things actually are, to a knowledge of the truth, what's truly true and really real and actually actual. Those times where Jesus says, Behold, or truly, truly, I say unto you, or uh, uh, those words are usually just Amen. That's what the word Amen means. Um, it's this flag that says, Amen, truly, the real thing. Here it is, eyes to see and ears to hear, the truth, the knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their senses. Passive position. It's like, <gasps> I just had air placed in my lungs. My ears were just opened. You should come see this Lord, the one who told me everything that I've ever done. Um, all I know is I was dead. Uh, my son was dead and he's now alive. He was lost and he's now found. Um, I think I heard Talitha Kum and I woke up, Mom. I don't understand what it was, the little girl. Come to a knowledge 
of uh, come to your senses, see, hear, taste, smell, touch, and see things the way they actually are. Um, that's our, I want, I want that to be our lens as we read these verses in verse 5 from Luke 17. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So I'm going to work each part rather than reading the whole thing. The uh, way I normally hear this, the way I think we often hear this, it's not completely wrong, but it's, it's often wrong. Uh, okay, increase our faith. A good prayer. Um, oh, you of little faith. That's right, Lord. That's me. Um, so I need a bigger faith. I need more faith. Um, and he's telling me the way things actually are. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed. Okay, so I wear it and I'm like, I'm going to put that on. I'm going to pray for more faith. Because, oh my gosh, if I just had even the grain of a mustard seed and we just kind of go through all that. Well, what if the word is actually different? What if I'm like, increase with the disciples, with the apostles, increase our faith. And the Lord is saying, kill you don't need any more. You've got it all wrong. You're thinking like a winner. You're thinking like you're alive. You want more. Bigger is better. If two plus two, uh, if, if, if two is good, let's make six because that's got to be better, right? That's the way our minds think. And he's like, no, no, no. Go down. Don't go up. Don't pray for more. You have already have more than you could possibly need because I have given it to you. Faith is the gift so that no man may boast. Do you think I've withheld what you already need? You don't need more. And so in response to my prayer, Lord, increase my faith. He's like, if you had faith, as you already have that faith, all you need is the mustard seed. And you could already tell that tree to uproot and throw yourself into the ocean. And so their response is, what? What? And he continues, unworthy servants. Um, will any of you who has a servant plowing, this is a very un-Jesus-like thing to say, by the way. <laughs> will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he's come in from the field, come at once and recline at table. Come watch the game. Let me get you a beer. You know, Put your feet up. You've been working. No. Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, dress properly, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterwards you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. So what does he mean by this? He just said, it's not increase, it's go down. It's, it's, it's micro, it's not mega. Something like, um, from the inside out, uh, when we've been repented, we just do what we do. What the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. And there is a place where service is perfect freedom. And from the inside out, it's like, I just did what I was supposed to do. analogy I could come up with was, it's like telling heat, hey, you've been with fire all day long. You know, give it a break. It's going to be there tomorrow. The flame's still going to be there. Come over here, heat. Take a break and just put your feet up. Let me get you... Uh, something to kind of warm you up. I've always taken from you and I've never even asked you, hey, can I do something for you? Now, that's just a goofy analogy. But the Lord wants to say, like, who would do that? As heat follows fire, you can't have one without the other. And it's what you do 
when you've been repented. Now mark this. That's from the inside out. And it's like, what was it? I didn't do anything special. I just did what I would normally do. I think that's basically the way the King James keeps it. Um, I'm an unworthy and unprofitable. Um, you could even say a useless servant. God doesn't need me. I'm not a part of any greater plan except what God has me do. And so I just, Woody Allen was right. All I did was show up. All I did was show up, and that was enough. Now, from the outside in, when you do that for me, it changes my life. <laughs> from the inside out, it's no big deal. From me to you or whatever else, it's like, eh, it's no big deal. But from the outside in, when you do it to me, <gasps> but you don't understand. My daughter was sick, and you were the one who stepped in. No, I mean, I was really anxious. I didn't know where my, I didn't, I, we, we didn't have any money. And you just left me $100. You don't know what that meant to me. It changed the course of my history. And over here, it's just like, I was just doing what I did. It's no big Something like that. It's not big. It's small. And he continues with the ten lepers. And so on the way to Jerusalem, as he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, so full excursus planned. When I was a youth minister, one of the best talks I heard, we invited somebody. Um, this was several churches. We were doing it together, and we brought some man in from Memphis. And I remember it very clearly, which is why I thought it was a good talk. Um, this was 20 years ago, and he was uh, uh, coming along. And, and the NIV reads, Now, when Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, I can't talk like he did, and he was passing along the border. Yeah. Uh, just kind of slowed down, had this really envious, deep kind of James Earl Jones voice or something like that. Uh, great word that has always stuck with me. Where does Jesus walk? He walks along the border, the border between Samaria and Galilee. Galilee's Jerusalem, Samaria's that mixed area. He walks along our human heart, as Solzhenitsyn would say. Uh, uh, where the dividing line between good and evil is not out there. It runs right down each one of our hearts where we, we exist within ourselves. This is Legion. Um, pleased to meet you. Um, hope you guessed my name. Uh, uh, the good and evil is right here, and that's always the edge where Jesus is pressing. Um, pressing that place along the border. Um, so anyway, excursus over, but uh, it's a good way to think about it, whether it's you know, race relations with Samaria and Galilee or, or your own personal reckoning of, uh, of who am I, your own Christian anthropology, as we talked about earlier. On the way to Jerusalem, on the way to the cross, on the way to die, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And he entered a village, and he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, what's going on here? In Leviticus, the priests, they do a lot of things. But among other things, they're dermatologists. Um, and they're the ones that can pronounce that your skin condition, which made you unclean, is now cleared and you are now clean. They gave you your bill of health. that said you're fit now to go back to work or back to your family or back to life or whatever else it's going to be. What did they do? They pronounced your health. They pronounced that you are well when? After you're well. What is Jesus doing here? The lepers aren't yet well. And he says, you're well. I'm telling you, you're well. Go and show yourselves to the priest. Do the trick. 
But while you're yet sick, while you're yet sinning, while you're yet an anathema, while you're yet a curse, accursed to yourself and, uh, and not able to come before God, I say to you, and he speaks health and cleansing and, uh, and wellness to them. And he goes and they show. And then when he went there, they were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw, come to your senses, remember that, um, our, our, our primary verse, Uh, that God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, that they may come to their senses. And so the story of the ten lepers is not just the story of a healing. It's the story of a man who repented. Uh, And when he was cleansed, when he was repented, when he came to his senses, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Repentance involves being turned, right? Metanoia, metacardia, being turned back. Uh, from the direction you were going and you're turned a different way. When he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, what the heart loves, his heart is now loved by the one who healed him. The will chooses, I'm going back and I'm praising God with a loud voice and, uh, and the mind justifies it. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Eucharisto, where we get the word for our, our communion. And now he was a Samaritan. Um, and then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Similar to the younger son. We heard about in Luke 15, the prodigal son and all that. When uh, uh, the son said, I could do better than this. I'll repent. I, I could do better than eating pig food. Um, I'll repent. I'll go to my father. And I'll say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am not worthy to be called your son. So treat me. As one of your hired servants, that's my plan. I'm going to keep control and I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go back to life the way that I think life ought to be lived. I'm going to go back and still hold on to some power and control. The younger son thought, this is it. Now, it's going to be like 18 stations below where he used to be, but at least it's a plan. That's like the nine. They made, what's their mistake? They thought they were going back to life. And they're not going back to life. Remember, the gospel is new. It's not old. Behold, the new has come. The old is gone. The nine lepers didn't hear that word. They thought, I got to go back to the old. I have to go back to the old. I don't know what else to do, but I'm I'm healed. I'm cleansed. I'm going to go back to my mom. I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go back to wherever they thought they were supposed to go. But one was repented, and he saw things the way that they were, and he said, this isn't good olds, it's good news, and I'm going to something new. Let me go back and praise God with a loud voice saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then Jesus asked, in the same way that, you know, hear what he says when he talks about um, lost sheep and lost coins, um, where no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, now, what does he do when, when, when sheep are lost or when coins are lost? He says, part of him is going like, oh, goody, <laughs> I get to go find a sheep. More rejoicing in heaven when one sheep is lost. Um, uh, rise and go your way, for your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you something that you weren't before. Um, salvation is that word. Your faith has saved you. Uh, and we're saved to something new. We're not saved to our old. We're saved to something new. So we'll skip down. Um, I'm going to leave a comment. Time for a comment or two. Let's just do 
Well, let's do the next verses. Um, verse 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Right hand. <laughs> uh, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. You're not going to see it. It's not where you expect. Uh, for behold, amen, edu is what that word is, actually. Um, here it is, the true truth, the really, really, actually actual. Come to a knowledge of truth, that come to your senses. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. I am he, Joseph's son, the one who is on the way to die for you. And then on the next chapter, verse 18, Luke 18, verses 15 to 17, which we had a variant of this in our reading from Mark. Um, let's just think about how what our life is like then. Rather than growing up, increase our faith. It's growing down. Become like a child. Become dependent. Uh, little and least and lost and in fact death itself is preferred over bigger, better, improved, stronger, faster. Now they were bringing even infants. Um, infants were tolerated. Um, I don't want to over-contextualize it because it's not just history. Infants are a bundle of need even today, and they're a huge drain <laughs> of resources, time and money. and, 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 and it is, All they do is take and eat and poop and get sick, and you take them to the day, and it's just a re- repeating cycle. And it's a long time before you get a return on your investment. And they were bringing even infants uh, to him that he might touch them and when his disciples saw it right-handed understanding they rebuked him but Jesus called to them saying remember what he said earlier it's not what you think when you say there it's somewhere else when you say here it ain't it but he called them saying let the children come to me and do not hinder them for such as such belongs the kingdom of God truly amen I say to you Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Um, Whoever does not grow down uh, rather than growing up or maturing in Christ is an increased dependence upon him, not an independence. We normally think of children who grow up, move away, further away, right? And are able to make decisions on their own. They're able to go away and live on their own. They're able to be self-sufficient, and it is completely opposite in the kingdom of God. Um, He is the vine, and we are the branches. Um, Apart from him, we can do nothing and no thing. Um, So that's probably a good place to wrap up our idea of uh, the works of God's left hand. Um, Time for a comment or two. Um, Didn't even get to... Uh, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. It's become my new favorite verse, and I didn't get to tell you all about that. Um, maybe I'll tell you later. But, um, I was like, what? <laughs> um, comment? Question? Then let us pray. Father, uh, where I am wrong, um, I'm always wrong somewhere. We're always all of us wrong somewhere, correct um, and uh, correct that memory, Lord, so that it would not be brought back to mind, but Lord, redeem it and place in our hearts, in our minds, uh, what you would have us know and remember. Bring us to a knowledge of your truth. Let that truth free us so that we could see things the way they actually are. Come to our senses and be repented by you. 
so that we could, in fact, be free, to go forth into the world free. Um, uh, as your property is always to have mercy, let us be free to serve you and to serve one another um, for the sake of your gospel, um, your saving word to us, for us, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.